Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. shared with you a video message entitled Adore Him, and that is so, uh, so where we're going today. We're going to continue talking about adoring the Lord. You can't adore the Lord and get offended at the same time. Impossible. Because uh, it, it clogs up your vision and your heart. Adore Him. Well, let's go to uh, Proverbs 3. Verses 5 through 8. And we're going we're gonna to uncover some powerful things today. And then I'm going to tell you about one of my friends from back in the 1800s uh, who went to heaven in 1919. But before we get there, we're going to cover some scriptures. When we talk about adoring him, it's so much more than just putting up a, a, some lights and uh, candles and singing some songs and having a special meal in the presence of the Lord, there is healing refreshment for you. There is new life for you. There is supernatural strength for you in the presence of the Lord. When you choose to put everything else aside and spend time alone with him, and give him your undivided attention and begin to adore him, you will begin to experience a transformation that is not possible in any other way. It has nothing to do with religion. I'm talking about you encountering God in the privacy of your kitchen, <laughs> your automobile, wherever your quiet place is or your private place. So adoring him, it's choosing to give him our undivided attention. It's choosing to bring him to the center of our thought life. It's choosing to put, make everything else and everyone else secondary to him, to adore him. It's a big deal. It, is a, a, it encompasses everything about us as people adoring the Lord. It is a total change of your whole person and your whole life. Some will be happy about it. Some won't. But when you're adoring him, it doesn't matter. Proverbs 3, verses 5. Are we awake? Somebody say something. Okay. Okay. Verse 5, this is the Passion Translation. Trust in the Lord completely. You see, and I've had to do this over the years as I've lived in different places. And, you know, lived in, in the Pittsburgh area, lived in the Toledo area, lived in the Norfolk area, lived in southern Italy for a while, lived in Newport, Middletown, and Pawtucket, and now Dighton, and lived in all these places and traveled to many different nations and many different states 
within uh, the United States, I've had to learn to trust him completely. And if I let the behavior of those around me disturb me, I'm not trusting him. Hello. Do not rely on your own opinions. Hello. Don't you love the Bible? It just puts us right in our place, right? With all your heart, last week, right, we we learned that's the mainspring of life, your heart. Rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. Amen. Amen. So trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. God is the only one that has no opinions. Isn't that wonderful? We need a God like that. A God who takes no polls, who has no opinions, and whose agenda is your wholeness. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him. If you get a chance, you can go on our website. I encourage you to watch the message that I shared with Millennial Church on Sunday night. Uh, We ministered the worship Sunday night, and then I uh, ministered a message to Millennial Church on Sunday night. You can go to our website on our events page and and click on it and watch it. You can watch the whole service as well. But it was really about intimacy with him. It is the reason you exist. Intimacy with God is the reason you're breathing. And it's time to know that and operate from that foundation. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. And he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. Hello. Used to have one of those shirts. I threw it out when I got saved. We don't know it all. None of us do. But wisdom comes, oh boy, when you adore him. Wisdom comes when you adore him with awe and wonder. What if I don't adore him with awe and wonder? I'm unwise. Just read in the Bible. Wisdom comes when you adore him with awe and wonder and avoid everything that's wrong. That's part of adoring him, right? Is turning away from evil. For then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. I encourage you to take this passage and meditate on it today. You know, I haven't been able to watch, I like watching football, but I like those little five-minute highlight reels. You know, I can see the whole game in five minutes. I've been checking those out if I miss the game. But I want to encourage you to, to, to give God more than a highlight reel and meditate on Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. In any translation, 
I'm going to recommend this Passion Translation for today and this week. You know, the Bible, as perfect and powerful as it is, and I know there's a lot of controversy around the Word of God, but that's exactly what it is. And again, that's something that you can debate about, but if you'll, if you'll just read it with, a, with a, a sincere heart and a humble heart, you'll see the reality of it. It's for everybody. But you know, as powerful as this book is, and you're, you're, you're looking at a man whose body has been made whole more times than I can count just by reading this book. My spine, my lungs my respiratory system, uh, my digestive system, my ear canals, my, my sinuses, my skin, just by reading this book, just by believing what God said. That's who, who this guy is. But I want to tell you, as powerful as this book is, my knees, I could go on, but we'll, you get the point. It's of no benefit to us unless we do it. Our pastor, who's in heaven now, Sam Smith, used to say, if you do it, it'll work. If you don't, it won't. He was a Texan. He made things real plain. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I, che I check my stats, too. I like to see how Tom Brady's doing. So I, I go on to NFL and check my stats, and he's leading the league in passing and TDs, by the way, but... But as I was checking the stats on my quarterbacks, uh, some little ad popped up about, see what, so well, see what car so-and-so is driving. So I wanted to see what car they had. And I, don't even, I, didn't, I don't even remember what it was, but it was a sweet ride. But I don't know what type of automobile you have, but you know, when it's time to get an automobile, we want to get one. First of all, I want to get one that's dependable. That's like big on my list, you know, that when I go to get in it, it goes where I want to go. But there are a lot of things, a lot of reasons you can get a quality car for. I, you know, a, a quality automobile that's been designed to, for, for, to, to, for, for speed and to transport you, that's got all the features that when you sit in the seat, you feel like you're in a massage parlor. That's got features that, that enhance your experience so when you get to your destination, you're more comfortable than you would be if you were riding in a hoopty, right? But no matter how nice the vehicle is you're dry, you're, you, you own, that you possess, you will not experience the benefits of it until you get in and drive it. You will not experience the benefit of what God has said until you get in this book and drive it. Act on it. If you're afraid to act on it, meditate in it until you know it as you know your name. The benefits of the Word of God cannot be uh, enumerated. They're just, they're endless. But you won't experience them until you get in this book. Sit in the seat of God's word and let him take you to your destination. That's what a vehicle is for. It's for recreation, but it's also functional. 
We need to have four wheels to go where we want to go and need to go on a regular basis. Horse and buggy is not going to cut it anymore. Right? Sometimes we need two wings. You need something to transport you from where you are to where you need to be, and that something is the Word of God. But you've got to get in it. Thinking about it is fine. Occasionally referencing is fine. But I'm talking about adoring Him. I'm talking about every day of your life. You are looking for opportunities. You are creating opportunities to be alone with Him. You're not getting caught up in the hustle and the bustle and the stress of the culture you might be in, but you're getting alone with the one who made you, and you're adoring Him. You're meditating in His Word, and then you're practicing practicing it and applying it to every area of your life. This is sonship. This is fellowship with God. To adore the Lord is to purposefully apply His Word to every area of my life. That's to adore Him. Oh, come let us Adore to purposefully apply what he said to every area of my lives. Listen, a lot of times I read this book and it shocks me. It does not agree with my wisdom. You might find that shocking. But it doesn't. It, it just rattles my cage sometimes. But it's a good thing. I need to be rattled. I need to be shocked. It shows me where I've, where I've deviated from the person of Christ. And all of us have to some degree or another. All of us have accepted words and ideas and exalted certain things above what he said in one way or another. We've all done that. That's what sin is. Hello, we've all fallen short. But this word was given to us to help uh, fix us. You need the Spirit of God too. The Word of God and the Spirit of God will fix us and get us back on track. To adore Him is to practice and exercise His Word. We doing okay? You're not mad, are you? Come on, you love me. Tell me you love me. Come on. Thank you. All right. This is what the Word was given to us for so that we can act on it. Not put it in a museum, not put it on a shelf so that we can act on the Word. I'm real excited. I got a new iron, clothes iron, yesterday. It came late last night, and I I, I didn't want to use it this morning. I used my old one because I wanted to read the manual. It's got some features. It's like the best iron, they say, out there. This guy has like 15 features on the front of the box, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to rip into this thing. But I waited. But God's Word is the manual that will teach you to win in every situation, that will teach you to live the overcoming life, the more than a conqueror life. But you've got to read it with the, with the sole intent of applying it. No matter what anyone thinks of you, no, your husband, your wife, your, your parents, your children, your peers, it doesn't matter because I adore him. Right? The word adore 
let's go over. We, we shared this last week, but I want to read it again. The, the definition of the word adore is to love dearly. Jesus asked Peter, he said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Love dearly, to be devoted to, to dote on. I like that. <laughs> to cherish, to treasure, to prize, to hold in high regard, to look up to, to stand in awe of. Whew. Have you ever stood in awe of God? Do you know you have to renew your mind to do that sometimes? If you've just been in the world and listened to man, but when you start to realize who he is, your jaw drops. To stand in awe of, to revere, to worship, to glorify, to praise, to exalt, to laud, L-A-U-D. To extol, to esteem, Jesus. To venerate, to magnify, to enjoy, to delight in, to revel in, to take pleasure in, to relish. And to savor. It's from the Latin word adorare. I don't speak Latin, but it means to worship from to add to and the word orare, orator, oration, speak. It means to speak. When we look at it in the context of the scripture, it means to say what God says. To speak who he is to speak what he's done, to adore him. We adore him when, he say, when we say what he says. When we speak of his true nature and character, we adore him. This is the fear of the Lord. And that took a while for me, decades ago, when I first, to understand what the fear of the Lord was, because I was afraid that God would hurt me if I did something wrong. That is not what this phrase means. And understand, just within very short periods of time, within a culture, words can change meaning. But fear is a powerful word, not fear like I'm going to get hurt, but fear as an awesome reverence. Uh, hundreds of years ago, they would name their children fear. It was, it was an affectionate reverence for God. And I know that might not make sense to us today, but you do have to learn about how words are used, okay, to understand what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is draws me to Him, not turns me away from Him. Being afraid of God will turn you away from Him. But reverencing Him will make you want more of Him. You understanding the difference? Proverbs 9, verse 10 is very similar to Proverbs 3, verse 7. It says, for wisdom comes, verse 7 of Proverbs 3 says, for when wisdom comes, uh, wisdom comes when you adore him with awe and wonder and avoid everything that's wrong. Well, Proverbs 9, 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Don't confuse intelligence with wisdom. God gives all of us gifts. Someone may have a gift of intelligence and do very well on IQ tests and very well in academic circles, but that's not wisdom. There is only one way to get true wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
This anybody can do. You don't have to score a certain thing on a test. This is for everyone. To recognize that he is God and then to revere everything he says and to live with him as my God is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. (laughs) I like that. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We adore Him. So what I like to do regularly, I love the book of Psalms. It's God's iTunes. And I like to go in there and I like to create a playlist in my prayer time. The subscription, the monthly subscription's already been paid by Jesus, so you can, you can ha- listen to all the psalms you want. But I like Psalm 100. It's a psalm of praise. We're talking about adoring him. When we adore him, we revere everything he's said and done, and we are intent on applying it consistently each day of our lives to every area of our lives. This will knock the religion right out of you. This will bring you into relationship with God. You understand that as you embrace his word, there's change that's going to come. Right? Change comes. Anytime something is fixed, there's some things that need to be changed. Right? Sometimes there's things, you know, even just getting out the Christmas decorations. There, I, I discover, you know, there's some things I've got to fix in the garage. There's some things I've got to do. Uh, as you go to examine things, you'll discover, that's part of submitting to him. That's part of worshiping him. That's part of adoring him is embracing the change. Because when it's of him, it's edifying. It's invigorating. It might feel painful to your flesh, Oftentimes it does. Mom might want to make you holler and scream at somebody, but put your flesh under and let your spirit rise up. Psalm 100, I love it. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Wouldn't it be nice to get on a plane and everyone's making a joyful noise to the Lord? Wow. You wouldn't need any fuel in those engines. We just take off. We might just translate right to where we're going. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Do you do this? Why not? Well, I've got, I've got so many things to do, and you know what's going on in the world, and, and at work, and so-and-so said this, and they told me that, and, I, and my family, and I, I none of that's in here. It just says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Why? God knows that that he's your answer. You don't have to focus on troubles and circumstances. Just make a joyful noise. Oh, the devil hates this. He wants you to analyze your issues and circumstances and and try and fix other people and and prove your point and argue. No, just make a joyful noise. Thank you, Lord! You've been so good to me. Hallelujah. A joyful noise. All you land, serve the Lord with gladness. 
You can't be glad and have a face like this. Uh-oh, I think it's stuck. Okay, can't do it. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us. We didn't make him. If you listen to some, you think that they created God, right? No, know that he is. That's so important. Adoring him is knowing that he made you. You can't be truly joyful without knowing that. You can be happy sometimes, but you can't experience true joy until you know the one who made you. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. Oh, I'm so thankful for my hard copy Bible. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Father, thank you. I train myself that before I say anything to him, I thank him. Even as I'm sleeping, I had a wonderful time last night. I don't know how much I slept as I laid in bed, but I was worshiping God. And I, had a, I was just having a wonderful time thanking him for what he did in my life yesterday. What did he do? He opened my eyes to things in the word that manifested in my body and in my mind and that will manifest in this church. And I was so excited as I laid in bed. I said, thank you, Father. You do not want to miss 2022 at Highway. I'm telling you, don't you miss it for anything. You plant your feet in this place and you say, God, I'm going to get everything you have for me. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You cannot stay upset if you do this. You cannot stay offended if you do this. You cannot stay uh, stressed if you do this. This is the answer to stress, adoring him, praising him, thanking him. And I'm not talking about feeling like waiting till you feel like doing that. There are several times in my week that's the last thing I feel like doing. I feel like giving someone a call and letting them have it. But instead, thank him, praise him, give him glory. Listen, all of us are misunderstood. It's part of living in planet Earth. There's going to come a glorious day when the new heaven and new earth are made. We're going to be in the presence of the living God, and truth will be understood and known. Oh, there will be no hindrances anymore. Satan will be bound. There will be no debating. All will be revealed, and we can just celebrate. Well, I'm not going to wait for that day. I'm going to start celebrating now. How about it? Why don't, you, why don't you decide to experience heaven now? Praise is the way. Praise is the way for your day to turn into heaven. I'm telling you, heaven will manifest in your life when you begin to adore him. No matter how you're feeling, no matter what so-and-so said, no matter what your circumstance, just start adoring him. I mean, try it, really. I want you to try this today. I want you to try this this week. Would you just do me a favor? Can you just purpose to, to practice this just for a week? Then you can stop. 
Really, I mean, okay, it's Sunday, day one, two, three, four, five, six, Saturday. Let's just purpose December 12th through December 18th, next Saturday, I'm going to praise him. I am going to adore him. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to get stressed. I'm not going to get worried about all the things that need to get done or the bills that need to be paid or whether so-and-so likes me or, or what my family th- I'm going to adore him. I'm going to adore him. That's the opposite of what the devil wants you to do. Because when you do this, you, you, it's like a gateway is opened in heaven. I'm just trying to describe this. It just opens things up in the spirit realm. It, it gives God permission to manifest in your life. He does need our cooperation. You realize that? We have to participate with his word. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Mm, 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 mm. I love this. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 again. Let's go back to the NIV translation from 1984 says trust in the Lord verse 5 with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight God's gonna make my path straight I'm in But you realize that we have to cooperate. We have to trust him. He wants to do that in our lives. But again, it's that free will thing. We've got to engage our will to submit to him, right? To trust what trust is. We trust in him as the one who made us, not we ourselves, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Hallelujah. I'll take it. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Shun means to depart from, to turn away from. Listen to this. To persistently avoid, reject, and ignore. Yeah, that's what we say to our puppy. Leave it, right? She doesn't know what to do with this Christmas tree, her first Christmas, and it's like a, a big toy to her. It's got all these balls on it, and it's got, she likes sticks and balls. So it's like a, she's just having a great time. She wants to just pull it around the house, but she goes to it. We say, leave it, leave it. <laughs> yeah, shun it. That's right. We'll tell it. That's our new command for Indy, shun it. Yep. <laughs> persistently avoid. Man, I like that. You have to persistently avoid wrong thinking. Listen to me, you have to persistently avoid wrong thinking. Because, boy, it's out there. It's in the airwaves, and it wants to take up resonance in your thought life. Persistently avoid, reject, and ignore. I love that. What are the benefits of trusting in the Lord with all your heart? not leaning on your own understanding, acknowledging him in all your ways. Well, he'll make your path straight, being, not being wise in your own eyes, fearing the Lord and shun evil. Verse 8 says this will bring health 
to your body. This is literal. This is not a figurative picture. This word health in the Hebrew is the same word used in Proverbs 4.22. It says, my words are life to those who find them and health, medicine, the cure, the remedy to all their whole body. I know this hasn't been preached enough, but I'm here to do it. God's word is the cure. It is the remedy. It is the medicine for your whole body. So when I'm reading my hard copy Bible, it doesn't matter where I'm at, I remind myself that I'm taking my medicine. I remember as a kid, dad, a pharmacist, he'd whip up all kinds of stuff. And he'd give me all kinds of stuff, very sick growing up. But I had to take my medicine. And it tasted terrible. I would try and hide when he'd come in my room and be in my bed. And he'd, come on, time for an extra. I, I don't want to take it. But you have to take your, this is your medicine. So I remind myself when I'm reading Galatians 5 or Romans 4 or Titus or Philemon or, or Genesis, I'm, I'm partaking of the medicine of God. And it's going inside of me and it's fixing things. It's making me strong. It's ministering life and health to me. Same word, health. And nourishment to your bones. This word nourishment means the substance necessary for growth, health, and good condition. Everyone's looking for supplements, right? Trying to put the right substances in my body. God's Word will bring nourishment. It's the nourishment your body needs, the substance necessary for growth, health, and good condition. The, uh, let's see. Yeah, nourishment to your bones. That's right. Did I read that verse? Nourishment to your bones. Let's talk about your bones. I love the Word of God. We know that the bones house marrow, right? The red marrow and yellow marrow. Nourishment to your bones. Well, the red, the red marrow contains, is the, the factory for, for cells, for blood cells, right? And we got red blood cells in your red marrow. What do the red blood cells do? They carry oxygen-rich blood to other cells of your body. They manufacture in your bones, in your bone marrow, white blood cells are ma manufactured. What are they for? To help fight infection. Nourishment to your bones. Also, the red marrow, as I understand it, uh, manufactures uh, platelets. And what do those do? Those prevent uncontrollable bleeding. If you do get cut, it will heal. He brings nourishment to your bones. There's yellow marrow in our bones. Right? Used in the, and what's the purpose of yellow marrow? Well, it's used in storage of fats, which can be used as energy, an energy source when needed. Also, they contain stem cells that can develop into bone, fat, cartilage, and muscle cells. His word brings health to your body and nourishment to your bones. His word produces healthy blood cells in your bone marrow. Let me break it down for you. When you meditate in the word of God, healthy red and yellow bone marrow are being produced in your body. It will enable you to fight infection. 
Proverbs 3, 8 in the message translation says it this way. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Is that on the screen? Can we look at that for a little bit? It's just the Bible. Oh, the needless pain we bear. All because we do not take God at his word. (laughs) Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. So when I'm adoring the Lord, when I'm meditating in his word, when I'm reading my hard copy Bible or looking up a scripture on my phone, I remind myself that my bones are vibrating with life. My body's glowing with health. Doesn't matter what it looks like. I remind myself of what's happening internally. Internal medicine. Come on. I remind myself that internal medicine is flowing through me. That the, the, the Lord is working inside of, not only has he healed me, but he's keeping me well. I'm saying me, meaning all of us. It's for everybody. Now, are you ready? I want to get into something really fun. I'm going to go back to to my buddy, A.B. Simpson. Do you know A.B. Simpson? (laughs) A.B. Simpson, I believe, was born in Canada and uh, a very sickly child. And uh, he grew up, I I, I believe he became a minister at the age of 21, and he moved to the States. I don't know if I have all my uh, dates and in in numbers, right? But he was born in the 1840s and went to heaven in 1919. But I want to read some things about, in reference to adoring him, a reference to to meditating in the word of God, that when we adore him, when we apply his word to our life, it produces strength in us, it produces joy in us, it produces peace in us, it produces health in us, it produces wisdom in us, it, it brings about God's provision in our lives. And I want you to stay awake on this. I'm going to read something right from his own pen that he wrote in chapter 6 of one of his books. It's his personal testimony. I can't, not time to read the whole thing. But let me tell you a little bit about A.B. Simpson. He was a much sought-after speaker and pastor. He founded a major evangelical denomination, uh, and it's changed quite a bit now, but it, it was called Christian and Missionary Alliance. And there were four... Uh, he called it the fourfold gospel, C and M A. Christ, our see, uh, our Savior, Christ, our Sanctifier, Christ, our Healer, and Christ, our soon coming King. I think are the four. Anyway, he founded this major evangelical denomination. He published over seventy books. It might be over a hundred. I'm not sure. He edited a weekly magazine for nearly forty years and wrote many gospel songs and poems very influential man in the late 1800s and early 1900s. A friend of his, and Jennifer, you might laugh at this because I've said this to you numerous times. A friend of his, William MacArthur, who was a co-worker and worked with him in ministry, he said that A.B. Simpson, once said, or he recalls him once saying to him, I am no good unless I can get alone with God. I've said this to my wife numerous times over the years. I am not the same if I haven't had my private time with him. I'm really, I'm just, I'm like no good. I'm telling you, you don't want to be around me. Okay, so before you talk to me, say, have you been alone with the Lord? And then you know it's safe, okay? I'm just being real with you. 
In his presence is transformation, fullness of joy, guidance for every decision you need to make. And I love that. I read that. I just love finding people in history who weren't afraid to take God at his word. I am no good unless I get alone with God. The same is true of all of us. In other words, I don't function. Who I really am doesn't come to the surface. Are you following me? Now, oh, i got to get my, I've got the rest of this on my phone. i got a combination of my phone and my little hard copy. That's my metronome. Let me turn that off. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, a little, little more history. Then I'm going to just read. I'm going to try and get this all in. So A.B. Uh, Simpson grew up very sickly, some, some very severe issues, um, uh, couldn't exert himself in any way, uh, ended up collapsing on several occasions, uh, and uh, did everything he could, went to all the physicians he could. Uh, I believe he said he carried a bottle of, uh, it was ammonia or what it was, something he carried with him that was recommended he take just to, to, to make sure he, he could get through the day. But he would preach a message, and he would just be exhausted. It would take him several days just to recover from preaching a message, and uh, which I, I can relate a little bit to, but it's a powerful thing. Nevertheless, he was not healthy, okay? A lot happens when you're preaching. But anyway, what happened, he, he grew up in a, in a, he didn't know about God as his healer. He, he took Christ as his Savior. And he believed that through faith in Christ, he was made righteous and he would be in heaven for all eternity. And that's wonderful. But what had happened that kind of shocked him as a pastor, he was invited to come to a woman's home to pray for their son. The son was an adult, but the son was paralyzed. The doctor said he's about to die. His brain was softening. He was at death's doorstep. And she said, I remember years ago, my son believed in Christ, but then he went astray. And she says, I want you to pray. And all I want to, I want him to just come back just for a few moments to let me know that he trusted in Jesus as a Savior. That's all she wanted. Okay. So he goes to this woman's home, and that's his prayer. He kneels beside the, the man who was her son, an adult man, who was paralyzed, whose brain had softened, was just about to expire. And his prayer was that he would come to just enough, in enough uh, for a, a long enough time to let his mom know he had trusted in Jesus for his salvation. He prayed that prayer, and he got up, and he began to talk with the people in the room, and they were all shocked. The man's eyes opened, and he began talking, and he was perfectly normal. And they didn't know what to They were shocked. He was completely healed. He got out of bed, and he went on and lived a normal life. And this had a huge impact on A.B. Simpson. And he had heard of healings, and then there were people in his church. They didn't teach healing. The people he knew were receiving healing. And he decided, I've got to know more about this. So he determined to read his Bible and study the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation regarding healing to find out if divine health is a part of what Christ provided for us. And he went away, I believe somewhere in Massachusetts, and then up to New Hampshire. Uh, he lived in different places. And he just got alone with the Scriptures, didn't consult man. Hello. 
and got into the scriptures to learn about the true nature and will of the Father. We are still awake. And as he studied the scriptures, he asked the Father to show him the truth about who he is. And he saw in the scriptures that clearly it is the will of God for us to be well and that Christ has provided divine health for every human being that comes through simple faith in him. Now, at that point in time, he took Christ as his personal healer. And I want you to read what he said. This is so good. And the title of this book, I believe, is uh, The Gospel of Healing by A.B. Simpson. I thought it was out of print, but it's still online. And uh, there's actually a digital version I found as well. Um, but this is just copy and pasted right out of the book. He's writing, so soon afterwards, he took the Lord as his healer, as he studied the scriptures, and he saw clearly that God has provided. He, he didn't know anyone else that believed this. This was not what he was taught in his religious background. He just got alone, didn't consult man, got into the scriptures. Are you brave enough to get alone with God? Why do I say brave enough? Because people will challenge you. You will face persecution for believing God. But it's so worth it. He writes this, Soon afterwards, after he had accepted Christ as his healer, and for a while, as long as I trusted him, Christ sustained me wonderfully. This is a man who could not walk up the stairs prior to this. Okay? Just exhausted, would collapse. The... Uh, uh, let me keep reading. He wonderfully sustained me as long as I trusted in him, being entirely without instruction and, and advised. Oh, excuse me. And I, but afterwards, I want to go too fast here. Let me read that again. Soon afterwards, I attempted to take the Lord as my healer. And for a while, as long as I trusted him, he sustained me wonderfully. But... Afterwards, being entirely without instruction. Okay, he didn't have a solid foundation. He was learning. And advised by a devout Christian physician that it was presumption to take Christ as my healer. I abandoned my position of simple dependence upon God alone. And so I floundered and stumbled for years, went back to the way he was before. So he got alone with God in the Word. He studied the Scriptures and asked God to reveal himself as the healer. And he began acting on what he read and was wonderfully restored. Someone comes along and says that's presumption, a devout Christian nonetheless, and says that's, in other words, that's wrong to take God as your personal healer, to depend on God alone for your health. He believed him and went into a spiral again. Stay with me. It's so important how you deal with what people say to you. I don't let certain statements inside. If it doesn't agree with what Jesus said, I'll smile when you're talking to me, but it's not coming in my heart. It's not coming in my mind. I love you. But if you can't say what Jesus said, sorry, not coming in me. 
all of us have the responsibility to yield to the word of the Lord. You have to decide if it's worth it for you or not. Hallelujah. Now, let me see here. Okay, so he's floundering. He says, but as I heard of isolated cases, I never dared to doubt them. So he's hearing about people getting healed by God, and he's not doubting that it's happening. Or question that God did sometimes so heal. For myself, however, the truth had so uh, really practical or effectual power, had no really practical or effectual power. For I never could feel that I had any clear authority in a given case of need to trust myself to him. Okay? Now, so that next summer, uh, uh, again, he had heard people testify in his church of healing. And he began to seek the Lord again about healing. He went back to the word of God. He said, it drove me to my Bible. Remember getting in? Drive that Bible. I determined that I must settle this matter one way or the other. You have to come to this point in your life with Christ. Where am I going to follow him with everything I've got and everything that I am? Or am I not? Because there is no in between. Just being real with you. It drove me to my Bible. I determined that I must settle this matter one way or the other. I am so glad I did not go to man. I'm just going to applause for A.B. right there. (laughs) At Jesus' feet alone, with my Bible open, and with no one to help or guide me. See, man wants you to think you need them to tell you what you need to do. No, you don't. You need to talk to God about what you need to do. Man wants to tell you what's best for you. There is no human being qualified to tell you what's best for you, including me. Did you hear what I just said? Because God made us in his image to bear his image. There is no human being that has enough experience or qualifications to tell you what's best for you. Because God made you, and we are all limited. You must go to your Father and your Father alone and let Him direct you. Woo! With my Bible open, with my Bible open, and with no one to help me or guide me, I became convinced that this was part of Christ's glorious gospel for a sinful and suffering world. And the purchase of his blessed cross for all who would believe and receive his word, that was enough for me. Now, after, at this point, he received it again. And he went on, he he said, at this point, he said, I may truthfully say, um, his workload involved fourfold, four times more labor than any previous period in his life. Once he he became whole, his workload began to increase. In other words, uh, let me read the description of some of the things. So besides the evangelistic and pastoral work of his church, involving most of his time, several sermons every week, um, there have been additional labors. The entire edit- editorial charge and much of the writing of a monthly magazine, 
the preparation of several tracks and volumes, the personal supervision of the entire publishing work, and the responsibility for a large correspondence, the oversight of Baraka House, or Baraka Home, with the reception every week of many callers and inquirers and several meetings there, one or two lectures daily during several months in the year at the Missionary Training College, requiring the most elaborate and careful thought in many meetings and conventions in various places with God's dear children. Much of this work has had to be done at night. He's healed now. He's walking in divine health now. And this was like, I think, close to, he was like close to, I don't know, maybe in his 50s at this point. I don't know exact age, but he, this was later in life where he discovered this, okay? Much of the work had to be done at night and through long protracted exertion covering often from 12 to 16 or even 18 hours of labor in 24. And yet I desire to record my testimony to the honor and glory of Christ, that it has been a continual delight and seldom any burden or fatigue, and much, very much easier in every way than the far lighter tasks of former years. In fact, one, uh, let me see if I get to that. Pop this up real quick. One he said of himself, uh, he said, um, at the end of the day, I feel so refreshed. Well, he talks about working 16, 18, 20 hours. And he's writing this, this, this statement was at 72 years of age, working 16, 18, 20 hours. He said, at the end of the day, I feel so refreshed that I believe I could start all over again without sleeping because I've learned to walk in the life of God, the life of God being made manifest in our flesh. Hallelujah. So, he made this pledge to God as he recognized in the word that Christ was his healer. He made three pledges. He says, as I shall meet thee in that day, I solemnly accept this truth as part of thy word and of the gospel of Christ. And God helping me, I shall never question it until I meet thee there. Amen. The second pledge, as I shall meet thee in that day, I take the Lord Jesus as my physical life for all the needs of my body until all my life work is done. And God helping me, I shall never doubt that he does uh, so become my life and strength from this moment and will keep me under all circumstances until his blessed coming and until all his will for me is perfectly fulfilled. Amen. I love this guy. Amen. He's my hero. As I shall meet thee, third part of the pledge, as I shall meet thee in that day, I solemnly agree to use this blessing of health for the glory of God and the good of others and to speak of it and, or minister in connection with it in, in any way in which God may call me or others may need me in the future. I'm almost done. Stay with me. I arose. It had only been a few moments. So we're kind of going back to when he first, after you know, his, his most recent revelation of healing. He said, I arose after making this pledge. So he studied his scriptures, and then he saw it in the word of God, he became sure and certain that healing was our possession. And then he made a pledge to God to walk in it the rest of his life. He said, I arose. It had only been a few moments, but I knew that something was done inside of me. 
every fiber of my soul was tingling with a sense of God's presence. See, on the other side of commitment is God. People have sold themselves short or cheating themselves because they're halfway committed to what God has said or 70% committed. On the other side of full commitment to God is the kingdom of God and all that he has for you. Hallelujah. Every fiber of my soul was tingling with a sense of God's presence. I do, now listen to this next statement. This is where so many miss it. I do not know whether my body felt better or not. Because it's a spiritual reality. We talked about this in, uh, what was the last series we did about natural thinking and spiritual thinking. Moving forward, I don't remember what it was called, but it was a few, few weeks ago. So he says, I did not know whether my body felt better or not. I know I did not care or want to feel it. In other words, my five senses are irrelevant. I know what I know by the Spirit and Word of God. I've got it. It was so glorious to believe it simply and to know that henceforth he had it in hand. This is real faith. See, faith, you don't need to see it. You don't need to feel it. You just need to know what he said, and you've got it. So many, uh, when they want to receive healing, they're waiting to see if their symptoms have changed. And they'll, they'll, they'll do their tests, and they'll, they'll do, you know, check their things. And No, spiritual reality happens the moment you believe, and the physical gets in line with that if you'll stay committed to what the Lord has said. So, he said after, now he's walked in this for some time, and he says, life has had for me a zeal and labor and exhilaration that I never knew in the freshest days of my childhood. I would not dare to attempt for a single week what I am now doing on my own constitutional resources. And now he's in his 70s, doing things he couldn't do in his youth. Hello. Have you ever heard of Caleb at 85? Said, I'm as strong now as I was in the day we came into this land. Give me what belongs to me. Give me my mountain. I'll take any army that opposes me. I'm 85 years old. You better get out of my way. Welcome to the kingdom of God. I am intently conscious. Listen to this. I am intently conscious with every breath that I am drawing my vitality from a directly supernatural source. And that it keeps me, uh, and that it keeps pace with the calls and necessities of my work. It is a life of constant dependence on Christ physically as well as spiritually. I I know not how to account for this unless it be the imparted life of the dear Lord Jesus in my body. I am surely most unworthy 
of such an honor and privilege, but I believe he is pleased in his great condescension, he came to earth, to unite himself with our bodies. And I am persuaded that his body, which is perfectly human, he became flesh and real, can somehow share its vital elements with our organic life and quicken us from his living heart and indwelling spirit. I would like to add, last paragraph and we're done, I would like to add for my brethren in the ministry that I have found the same divine help for my mind and brain as for my body. Having much writing and speaking to do, I have given my pen and my tongue to Christ to possess and use. And he has so helped me that my literary work has never been a labor. He has enabled me to think much more rapidly, to accomplish much more work, and with greater facility than ever before. It is very simple and humble work, but such as it is, such as it is, it is all through him. And I trust for him only. And I believe with all its simplicity, it has been more used to help his children and glorify his name than all the elaborate preparation and toil of the weary years that went before me. To him be all the praise. Adore him. Adore him. So that's, that's chapter 6 of the Gospel of Healing by A.B. Simpson, who's in heaven right now, saying, I'm glad you're reading my book. Right? Let's pray. Father, thank you. This is a special place that you've prepared for us here at Highway. And we are determined to, to fully partake of the ministry of your word and your spirit that you brought to us. We recognize this is not about being part of a denomination or religious tradition. You brought us here to transform us and we're not going to turn back. We're not leaving. We will stay the course. We will follow you no matter what may come. We acknowledge what you have done in our lives here the word that we've heard over the years, the ministry of your spirit over the years is priceless. We do not take that lightly. It is life to us. It has transformed us. It has enlightened us. It has empowered us. It has guided and directed us. And we are giving you all the glory for it. Father, we're on the threshold of a brand new year. Right now, I want to thank you for an awesome December, for the greatest Christmas we've ever experienced. I want to thank you for your abundant provision in every highway family to get every gift they want to get for every loved one they want to get it for, for for your rich provision, Lord God, to bless the people that we want to bless in our lives, to do the things that we want to do to see people smile and to make them happy during this holiday season. I thank you for the strength to visit the people we need to visit, to endure the relatives we need to endure, to do the things that we need to do, Father, and to do it with the smile on our face and love in our heart and peace guarding our mind. Thank you for strength and joy during this holiday season, Father. That this will be a peaceful holiday season. 
an invigorating, refreshing, healthy, stronger every day holiday season. In Jesus' name. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.